0: Anybody who's in small business and is trying to figure out what the heck can they do to get into the content marketing game and do it well, I would say be consistent. And then another thing is to use your internal resources that you may not realize you have. The following podcast is brought to you by Thrive. Manage, run, and grow your business, all from one dashboard, using one login. Small business runs better on Thrive.
1: Hey, hey, this is Gordon Henry at Winning on Main Street. And today we have a special guest, John Egan. He's a content writer, strategist, and author. You know, if you've been thinking, how do I create content for social media that will actually get me customers? How do I blog and get attention? How do I create website content that will resonate with readers? This show is for you. John's book uh, just out is called The Strip Down Guide to Content Marketing, Success Secrets for Beginners. He says about the book, I share the basics of creating and sharing relevant, high quality online content designed to attract, educate, enlighten, and retain current and potential members of your audience. Pretty relevant. Over more than two decades, John has spent his career creating great content, most recently for well-known companies in the finance industry, before that as a journalist in the newspaper industry. He writes on highly useful but easily accessible articles on topics. You've, You've probably seen his stuff. How much should you spend on a wedding gift? The hidden risk of subprime auto loans. Things you can use. John is based in Austin, Texas. What should you get out of this episode? You know, basically, content is the lifeblood of our internet presence, whether it's your website, blog, ads, social media posts, emails, content is really everything people see about you on the internet. And these days, that's pretty much everything anybody sees about you, period. So listen to John, get smarter about how you can build your online business. This show is brought to you by Thrive. Small business runs better on Thrive. So John, welcome to the show. Thank you. And sometimes when people intro me, I'm like, who are you talking about? I mean, it's like, it's it's that guy who's been around for decades. Uh, So, you know, I'd love for you to just kind of walk us through your background in your own words. Start at the beginning. How did you get into the content creation space and chart us through your career progression?
0: Well, back in eighth grade, I think I finally decided I want to be a newspaper reporter. And that's what I ended up doing. So I was in the newspaper business for gosh, uh, 15, 17 years, somewhere around there and left the business in 2006 and then started doing freelance content creation, mostly articles and blog posts. And then later on went in house at three different companies to create content for them, primarily blog posts, but some other forms of content, such as infographics, and then uh, went out on my own again. And have been doing that since 2017 and wrote the book, The strip Down Guide to Content Marketing, and that came out late last year.
1: Awesome. Well, you and I have a little bit in common because I started my career as a journalist too. My first job out of college was uh, as a writer reporter for the Wichita Eagle Beacon in Wichita, Kansas. What? I'm from Kansas. Are you? Yep. Lived in Wichita for two years, uh, moved out there after college, and then moved back to New York where I was from and worked for Time Magazine for a couple of years uh, in their business section, got me interested in business. And then I ended up going in a business direction, went to business school and so forth. But um, yeah, still uh, near and dear to my heart. So I guess we have a little bit in common.
0: Yeah. Well, I worked at newspapers in Missouri and Illinois and uh, here in Texas. So um, I was a neighbor of yours for a while in the
1: newspaper business. Yeah. Great, great days. So Tell us a little bit about the book, The Strip Down Guide to Content Marketing. What were you trying to accomplish? Uh, you know, Who were you trying to help? I was trying to help the
0: me of 2010, hmm. who was, I got into content marketing, but I never really thought about content marketing. I didn't know what it was. And so this gives a really um, stripped down look at content marketing with a lot of, you um, tips and stories that can help people get started with blogging or social media, whatever it may be. Uh, It's nuts and bolts. It's not anything fluffy or fancy. It's, you know, here's what you need to know. And it's an easy read. It takes about three hours.
1: If you don't want to read it, there's an audio version. (laughs) Of course. So what would you say if you had to think about, let's say three top recommendations or tips of yours for a small business person who's just like overwhelmed, you know, what, what, do, how do I create content for the web? You know, what do, what do I, what do I do? Uh, why would anybody care about what I have to say? Well, what are a couple of things you'd say to people?
0: Well, bouncing off the idea of why would anybody care what I say? Um, if you are in any sort of business, somebody's going to care about what you have to say. Now, the thing is. And I talk about this in my book. You can't just go off on tangents and talk about, and I use this example in my book, Lady Gaga's Meat Dress. You know, if you're um, a plumbing company, n- nobody in your audience really wants to read about that or learn about that. They want to know about plumbing. And you can give them all sorts of tips and recommendations about plumbing. And then you are seen as an expert in plumbing. And then people feel more comfortable about using your services because, heck, you know what you're talking about. You wrote this blog post. It's great. So I think one thing is just showcasing your uh, expertise. And it doesn't have to be anything complicated. It can You can do content marketing with just a blog and maybe a social media presence. It, you know you need to pick and choose. And that's another thing that I really try to get across. Pick and choose the formats you want to use. For me, LinkedIn's great for social media because it's a lot of B2B people that I work with. And it gives me the exposure that I want. So I don't do much on Twitter. And I don't do much professional promotion on Facebook. So I'd say that's another thing to think of. And then anybody who's in small business and is trying to figure out what the heck can they do to get into the content marketing game and do it well, I would say be consistent. You know, if, if you are going to do blogging, do it once a week or once every other week, but be consistent with it because too often people start and stop and then you're not building an audience. And then, Another thing is to use your internal resources that you may not realize you have. You may have somebody on your staff who is a whiz at social media, but you don't know it. So maybe you tap into their expertise with that. Maybe you hire an intern who is super good at writing blog posts. You need to get a little creative. I know small businesses, by and large, don't have like gigantic budgets for marketing, so be creative and look for ways to create content without spending a lot of money. And I know because I've done it at a startup where I had no budget, but we
1: made it work and it worked well. Right. Um, in your book, do you talk about video and, and whether you do or not, do you recommend small businesses be thinking about video in addition to the you know, written word? Yes. I, I
0: think sometimes video can be very compelling because there, there are visual learners and there are uh, people who are more word-oriented in terms of what how they want to learn. So you may be able to capture people with videos—a thirty-second video, a forty-five-second video—shot on your iPhone or, or your you know whatever smartphone you have. And you don't have to worry about the quality; it's the message that counts. So there may be ways you can do both blog posts and video. Or maybe you focus entirely on video because that's where you think you're going to be able to reach
1: most of the people who are interested
0: in your products and services.
1: Right. Now, another thought, you know, I think a lot of people get intimidated by creating content because they think, my gosh, you know, these are professional writers like you. Um, this takes a lot of talent in writing uh, for business. Um, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just a long... Guy take care of lawns or roofer, or doctor. How do I do this? That's not my special specialty.
0: Well, if you have a, a little bit of money, that's when you outsource the writing and give very clear instructions to whoever you're outsourcing it to about what you're looking for. And you can give them an outline, but you don't have to write the whole thing. Or again, maybe somebody internally is just a fantastic writer and you had no idea. Sometimes the gems you find are right where you are in your own company and you don't have to go out looking for them. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about uh, SEO for a second. So everybody's, you know, by now probably heard SEO, search engine optimization, which obviously is creating content that will get you clicks, that will attract people who are looking online for a service like yours to your site or your page. Um What's your comment to people about SEO or how their content should be modulated for SEO?
0: Well, Google is is the god when it comes to SEO and you have to please the god of the internet, Google. And you don't want to try too hard to put keywords, which are like the, the signals to Google that this is a topic and maybe we need to surface this to, to the upper part of the search results. Don't try too hard. Don't get carried away with saying meat dress over and over again, for instance, um, going back to my Lady Gaga example. And I talk about that in the book that you you can overdo it. It needs to sound natural, but you do need to build in those f- words and phrases that you want to attract google and therefore attract people who are searching for whatever topic that is like how to fix a broken pipe that may be one thing that you can get across in a blog post and you'll have that phrase in the headline for sure but also somewhere in the in the copy and that helps steer people including google to your content
1: yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I find that an interesting area, um, uh, this, this sort of how do I question that people ask. I, I'm a homeowner and I'm constantly needing to do things around the house. The other day I had a screen door that broke and how do I fix the screen door? Or how do I get the screen door back on the track? You pretty much look around your house. You could ask that about almost anything, fix the fence, uh, you know, unclog the plumbing, so on and so forth. And those kinds of articles or videos um, are just super helpful. And I think there's quite a demand, right? Because people constantly have this need.
0: Yeah, I especially when it comes to anything that is hands-on, mm-hmm. videos are great for that. Mm-hmm. Blog posts can serve that purpose. Yes. And maybe you do it more for like how to apply for a credit card because mm-hmm. you may not need a video to demonstrate that, but how to fix an air conditioner you probably want some sort of video component to that because you're going to be doing some hands-on things that will help people figure out, okay, I need to use this screwdriver or this hammer or whatever
1: tool you're using. 100%, yeah. So talk to me a little bit about the length of the copy. Should there be different lengths depending on what you're doing? Like obviously a social media post is probably not going to be as long as like a full-blown article, right? Like how, how do you think about that?
0: Well, you're right. Social media posts are usually shorter. And oftentimes you'll use a short social media post to then intro a blog post or a video or something else you've posted online. And then they can read the longer version of it or see the more the full video rather than a clip of it. So there's no hard answer, right answer to how long should a blog post be or how long should whatever you write be. Um, sometimes a 500 word blog post will do the trick. You don't want to overdo it, but then oftentimes you may want to have something that's much more robust. That's like a guide to, and I write a lot of those for clients. Got like, I just did one about a guide to direct deposit. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it it's a little longer, so you kind of have to judge it based on what kind of territory you need to cover in terms of that topic, and will five hundred words do it? Do I need to do two thousand? Do I need to do four thousand? Because I've written for clients content that's it all over the the map in terms of word count. So there's again, there's no right or wrong answer as to how long should content be? You'll see suggestions online about a blog post should be 1,200 words or, you know, that is, is not set in stone. Those are recommendations and you really need to figure out what works
1: best for your audience. I wanted to ask you about, you know, how you attract press attention, uh, like like newspaper journalists or journalists from other media. You wrote a story, I happened to see it, of uh, uh funny story, I guess, about uh, gardening or lawn mowing in, in the nude, <laughs> right? Uh, this yeah. is for a sort of National Gardening Day. Or Can you explain that story? How did you come up with that? And why did it become such a big hit? Well, the word naked
0: catches people's attention. <laughs> it's World Naked Gardening Day, which is coming up, if I remember correctly, in May. Mm. And I was working for a lawn care startup. Not the most exciting topic in the world. So when you're trying to attract press attention you sometimes need to do things that are a little outside the box. So I was doing research one day and I came across World Naked Gardening Day. I'm like, what? What is this? I've never heard of this. Uh, Never participated in it and nor Mm -hmm. have I ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I knew that because I have that new sense that you developed as a journalist, I knew that this would resonate with an audience. So I started thinking, how can we do a list that aligns with World Naked Gardening Day? And then I decided, what are the best cities to observe World Naked Gardening Day? So we ranked them based on sunshine, cloud cover, humidity, you know, all sorts of weather factors. And Miami that year came out number one on the list. The Miami Herald, which is the major newspaper in Miami, did an article about it that spread like wildfire because they are owned by a company that owns a number of newspapers. um, And they all picked up that same story. So every newspaper in that chain of newspapers had it on their website with a link back to our study, our survey. And then the Weather Channel called. They had seen the story, and so I did two live shots on World Naked Gardening Day about World Naked Gardening Day. And the funny the funny story with that is on the second segment they did, they – I'll never forget this. The anchors, they blurred them out so it looked like they were naked, but they weren't. <laughs> and I, they didn't tell me they were going to do that, so I started <laughs> laughing when they, they popped up in the screen. It was genius. So – I think we ended up getting, you know, a, I don't remember the numbers, but we got a ton of backlinks, which is very important to getting juice for your website and social media mentions and media pickups. And of course, the creme de la creme was the two appearances on the Weather Channel.
1: Yeah, that's great stuff. You know, there's I think you have it on your website or in that article. I saw there's a great quote Um the truth is that there are no boring industries, just boring content. And uh, that really speaks to that, right? I mean, it was just gardening, right? Could have been a humdrum article, but you made it you know, interesting. And, and I'm sure many listeners who operate businesses like that wouldn't necessarily think to do something like that, but just going outside of the box shows you can really grab people's attention. And that may not be something for every business,
0: you know, right, and, right. That, you know you're, you, maybe you don't feel comfortable doing that. Right. But you can never go wrong with how-to content that instructs people on whatever is going on in your business, in your industry. And I will say, getting back to the point about there's no boring content, there's only boring industries, I worked in three industries that many people would consider boring. Insurance, lawn care, and self-storage. Now, when people think of exciting industries, I don't think those three come up, but we were able to create compelling content in each one of those industries mm-hmm. that served the purpose of educating, enlightening, informing the audience.
1: Yeah, it's great stuff. Uh, we'll be back in uh, just 30 seconds uh, after we hear a word from our sponsor, more of John Egan, and we'll hear a little bit about how you can benefit from John's Uh, experience and expertise if you were interested in hiring him uh, for some work with you this episode of winning on main street is brought to you by thrive the small
0: business management platform that you and your customers will love no matter where you are thrive helps you run your business keep organized and get paid faster all from one login and dashboard thrive makes it easy for customers to find you online instantly interact and stay engaged And with free unlimited support 24 seven, there really is no comparison. Go to thrive.com
1: slash pod for a quick demo to see everything Thrive can do. And we're back with content creator, John Egan. Uh, He's got a new book out and he's telling us about how you create content for your quote, boring industry. That could be exciting enough to get, you know, lookups online, SEO uh, and clicks and lead to more business for you. So John, tell us about your services when people hire you. What kind of work do you do when you get hired and who hires you?
0: So I do a lot in the personal finance space now, and I kind of fell into it. Um, most journalists by training are not mathematicians. So how I ended up in a numbers-oriented world, um, it just happened. You know, it wasn't something I sought out. So I write a lot about loans credit cards, debt, budgeting, those sorts of things. For folks like Capital One, Experian, Forbes, USA Today, Time, and they're all trying to get content that informs their audience about various aspects of personal finance. And it can be as minute as differences between savings accounts, which is something I was working on yesterday. Um, you know, very granular in terms of describing the different kinds of savings accounts. But some people are interested in that. They want to know, like, well, what kind of savings accounts are there? And what what do I need to do in terms of picking one? So that's mostly what I do. But I also do strategy work with clients on trying to formulate content marketing strategies. And I've helped a couple of companies basically launched their website in terms of creating the content and farming out work to freelancers and deciding what was going to be written and you know if there's any were any sort of themes we need to stick to. So I'd say, you know, anybody who's in the market for somebody who needs to know what direction to go in in terms of content marketing, they can come to somebody like me and I can help them along because I've done it
1: Numerous times. Okay, and what should somebody expect to pay for these kinds of services? Is it is it per project? Is it per month? Like, how do you get how, how do you get hired? And what should someone be thinking about?
0: So there are different ways that that folks like me get paid. Uh, a lot of the work I do is a flat fee. So it may be a project fee. Occasionally, I'll have somebody who wants to do an hourly fee. I prefer not to do that because you'd never know exactly how many hours you're gonna end up with, and therefore I'm uncertain about how much I'm gonna get paid, and the client is uncertain about how much they're gonna end up paying. So for me, a flat project fee or a flat per article rate works best. Okay,
1: and do you get hired by smaller businesses? The names you threw out were well-known household brands.
0: Yeah, I have done some work for smaller businesses. Uh, It just so happens that when you're doing personal finance, it's the big boys and girls who want to get your expertise. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, You know, have, have people asked you about how they get better as a writer? Is that something people feel like they can learn uh, like picking up the guitar or going out for a run? You know, is that something you can learn to do as an older person?
0: Well, I think when you're talking about getting better as a writer, there are two things you can do. And you mentioned, you know, playing the guitar. well, you practice you you kind of need to figure out, okay, what do I need to improve and then just keep writing and and the other thing you can do is read good writing. Um, I've told folks I've worked with before, you know, read this magazine or read this book or follow this author and you can get really good ideas from certain people who know what they're doing, are great at telling a story. Are great at using words um, properly, and you know are are able to weave things together in an interesting way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like anything. You know, you listen to good music, or you watch videos about people playing guitar, or you know. I'm into Spanish and improving my Spanish. You know, you listen to a Spanish podcast, all that stuff seeps into your brain and helps you improve whatever it is you're trying to do. So uh, absolutely. Yeah, um, I, did
0: come, I did not come out of the womb a great writer. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I did a lot of reading as, as a kid and that helped me a lot in terms of developing my writing. Now, I will say a lot of people just kind of have that innate talent for writing, but you can certainly polish it. And it doesn't matter what stage you're at. If you're a newbie or if you've been at it for a while, you can always learn more and improve your craft.
1: Yeah. Before we go, I want to ask you about technology because we're really interested in technology. Our parent company, Thrive, makes a CRM for small businesses. So what technology does someone need it did, you know is it for example if a small business should they have a CRM should they have a marketing automation tool can all this be done just by going on Facebook and 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 LinkedIn and typing in you know their posts what 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 is your thinking about that
0: well you don't have to go out and um you know bust the bank to get technology that you need uh they don't pay me to say this but there are a few tools that I really really like that are priced well for a small business and for me, a solo business person. One of them is Canva, which is great at creating all sorts of graphics. I'm amazed at all the stuff you can do on Canva. It just blows my mind. And it doesn't cost very much. The second one is Trello, which is if you if you start creating enough content, you need a way to keep track of everything and, and make sure you know where the moving parts are. So it's kind of a... a content, not management system, because that's more like WordPress, but more, more like, you know, a project management system. So it, and it's very intuitive. It's very easy to use. And then the third one I really like is called social pilot. And that allows you to schedule your social media posts rather than, Oh, I need to post on Wednesday. So you sit down Wednesday and post it. You can schedule everything out for an entire week or even beyond that. It's, a constant learning process in content marketing. I'm always learning stuff. And that's one of the things that you need to do to stay on top of content marketing, especially because you've got artificial intelligence that's creeping into the, well, not creeping, like storming into the uh-huh. picture as far uh-huh. as content marketing is concerned. And there's all sorts of other tech, types of technology that you need to keep track of and you know need to keep track of what's going on in social media. And again, you don't have to belabor it and you know study it to death, but it's good to keep on top of these things so you can discover new tools and maybe drop tools that you had been using that just aren't very beneficial anymore.
1: So John, uh, I would love uh, for people to know where to find you and what they will find when they get there. So tell us about how people can find you, look you up.
0: So- the best way is probably through my website, which is johnegan.net. And there you can find my background, writing samples, um, all sorts of information about my book, which is the stripped down guide to content marketing. If you don't want to go to my website then and you want to buy the book, then you can go to Amazon, which is the place where almost every book is sold, it seems, and find whatever version you want, paperback, hardback, audio or I'm missing. Oh, digital, uh, Kindle. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I believe on your website too, they can sign up for a, uh, you have a blog or a marketing newsletter. So, I, have something a new, that, I have a
0: newsletter. Thank you yeah. for mentioning that. It mm-hmm. uh, comes out once a week and they can get some insights into content marketing and what's going on in content marketing uh, and how to apply that to what they're doing.
1: Terrific. Well, John, uh, I hope people seek you out because I know this is a service that's much in demand and, and needed. Uh, so uh, thank you for coming on the show. And hopefully a few people will be in touch with you. Thank you for having me. Great to have you. And uh, I want to thank our producer, Tim Alleman, our coordinators, Dieppe Barnett and Daniel Huddleston. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please tell your colleagues, friends and family, family to subscribe and please leave us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. It helps us in the rankings. Small business runs better on Thrive. Get a free demo at thrive.com. Until next time, make it a great week.